With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And I'm not joined, as always, by Jeffrey Benedict, who is uh, gone AWOL. Tonight, we have the substitute, Brian Anthony Davis, the podcast producer with us at uh, Behind the Steel Curtain. Brian, how are you? I'm glad to come out of the, the bullpen to the, the big show. This is uh, this is a marquee show for us now, so I love being on here, and I love talking to guests. Oh, and speaking of guests, we, we got a great one tonight talking Notre Dame football from one foot down, Josh Vows. Josh, how are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm just glad to be a part of a podcast where I don't have to spend the next hour and a half, two hours afterwards editing and <laughs> and publishing it. So I'm all forward to sitting down and talking some ball. Oh, that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, uh, I, I guess so we can really kind of dive into the, some of the prospects here. I know, uh, I know what the Steelers needs, especially at that tackle spot. One of the guys that uh, you see kind of mock draft to this team quite often is Liam Eikenberg, the big left tackle at Notre Dame. And I'm just curious, Josh, if you can break down some of his biggest strengths and some of his some of his weaknesses as well, and potentially why he's kind of viewed as a day right. two pick. Yeah, well, strengths. Uh, I mean, 
is strength. I, I think Liam Eikenberg is about as big as powerful as a as a tackle that you'll find. Um, I find I found it real curious that someone had his weakness as that he needs to get stronger. Dude's massive. I've seen the dude just you know move people around. Uh, and then the toughness factor with him is there. I mean, go back to the Florida State game where uh, you know they tried gouging his eyeball out. Uh, and he comes out, he can't even see, so he can't see out of his left eye, and he's the left tackle. Uh, and he comes out, and it's like completely shut. And it's all black and blue. And he finishes that game off, and he does it, you know, with I don't say with ease, but did it tremendously. Uh, but he's pretty light on his feet for for a big guy. I mean, he, he looks, uh, he, you know, he's probably more of a right tackle in the league. Uh, I think for sure he's not like a a Ronnie Stanley, um, but uh, he he definitely moves really well. Uh, leadership is there. He's 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 pretty mature. He's got. You know, he's got his stuff together, but I mean, he's just, he's a mean guy on the field. I mean, he's, he, he is kind of a throwback. If you look at the offensive lineman coming out of Notre Dame in the last, you know, six, seven, eight years, uh, there's been a certain style and a certain attitude about them, the way they go about their business. And that all goes back with Harry Heastan when, when he really got Notre Dame's line churning. Um, he's cut from the same mold. So there's a lot there. Uh, you know, he can play. I mean, if he had to play a left tackle, he certainly can. I think, like I said, I still think he's probably more of a right tackle, but he could play guard if you needed him inside. I mean, I think he's he's pretty, you know, diverse there. Right. Now, Brian, how big of a need is it for the Steelers to take a tackle in these early rounds? You know, I'm thinking anywhere in the top three is where the Steelers definitely need to go here, Michael. And the reason being is they need to address it. I've we were talking uh, off mic how I've been really diving into the mock draft simulators and there's a lot in the first two rounds but after that they seem to dry up real quick and Eichelberger is one of those guys that I am really intrigued with but he seems to be down the list and I don't understand why he's down the list compared to some of these other players what would you say Josh is the reason that he is not listed in the top two or three. Well, I was talking about this with Michael before before we recorded here. I don't know. It, it confuses the hell out of me. You, I mean, Notre Dame's offensive linemen over the years have done really well in the league. And even guys like Alex Bars and Sam Mustafer, who went undrafted, end up becoming starters in the league. Uh, and so there's kind of this thing with Notre Dame's left tackles is, you know, getting drafted in the first round. I mean, you go back, like, a guy like Zach Martin, who ends up becoming – you know, an all pro left, uh, left guard, uh, you know, Ronnie Stanley, these, these guys, this is all the same kind of system, the same kind of mold here. There's not much difference when you go and you, you look at, you know, how these guys have played at Notre Dame. And so I've, I have been confused since day one uh, when your consensus all American, you know, all ACC, you won the ACC blocking away. We're, we're new to this whole conference thing this year. So all these conference awards that we used to make fun of, we're like, yeah, he's all ACC. But uh, I don't understand how how he has he fell behind a few other names, uh, you know, in this. I think I certainly think uh, the the time of COVID has has changed some things. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen, you know, like a natural a regular combine. Uh, but. I think once once people start to see him in a in that combine setting, I think March 31st would be Notre Dame's pro day uh, when they're doing their virtual combine kind of stuff. 
I think once you see, you know, his bench numbers, see him move, uh, seeing that this big guy who I, I think, like I keep saying, you know, maybe he's a natural right tackle, could be a, a really good left tackle at the next level. Um, and I don't, I really don't understand how, how some of these other guys are rated ahead of him other than, you know, a scout falls in love with a guy and then the kind of snowballs from there. Awesome. Now we do have a super chat that I don't want to get to before uh, we keep going on here from double H who puts $20 in the tip jar. So thank you so much for that. Double H. He says, Michael and Jeffrey spirit. Thank you for keeping the fire stoked in the off season. Hey, it's our pleasure. Uh, and if you have a question for any of us, uh, double H, uh, make sure uh, to get it in the live chat and uh, we will bring it up. So thank you so much for that. Now, Josh, getting back to the offensive line talk, the Fighting Irish have a ton of guys coming out this year, really. And I'm curious if you can rank really kind of the four that uh, I kind of see kind of making that jump. Lee Meikenberg, right. uh, Aaron Banks, Robert Hain- uh, Hainsley, and uh, Tommy Kramer. Yeah, I I would probably actually rank them in that direct order. Uh, I love Aaron Banks. And I was very hopeful that Aaron Banks is coming back for another year at Notre Dame. Um, there was talk about him moving from left guard uh, to out to kick out to left tackle uh, for, for one season. Um, but he had an all American season himself uh, and, you know, chose this time to go, go to the league. Can't blame him there, uh, but I love him. He's big, uh, can move. He did have some a foot injury earlier in his career um, that kind of held him back. And, you know, when you're that big, a foot injury is a, you know, a major kind of a deal. Uh, but I like Banks a lot. I think the ceiling might be the highest uh, with Aaron Banks. Um, Robert Hainsey, and you had mentioned something about uh, – I thought you said something about you know, needing a center. Hainsey is extremely diverse. Uh, he started at Notre Dame since his freshman year in 2017 at right tackle. He did like a, a kind of a rotation kind of a deal his freshman year. I mean, he's out there against Georgia. Uh, and 2017 Georgia's defense was in – Incredible. I mean, they were monsters. Uh, and then you had this freshman out there and he kind of, he held his own. Um, but I think he played some center during the, during the senior bowl. He's really diverse. His biggest knock, uh, Hainsey's knock is his arms aren't as long as what you'd like. Uh, but you know, that was the same, same can be said about, uh, about Zach Martin was another guy whose arms weren't so long. And then he goes and becomes an all pro guard. Um, and Nick Martin was another one, the same thing. And he's, done well center. Uh, so I like Hainsey a lot of the four. He's probably the, the, you know, has the best leadership characteristics of, of them all. He's, he really was uh, probably the main leader along the offensive line. Um, and then Tommy Kramer, you know, I, I'm an Ohio boy. Uh, Liam Meikenberg has always been a, you know, special in my heart because Ohio, but, but with, uh, with Kramer from Cincinnati, a little bit of the same thing, a lot of expectations coming in. And he played right away, but he just he never got to the uh, the level that you would hope from a guy who was you know rated a five star some as from some sites, uh, but yet has been steady, has improved the entire time, has never has never dipped down. He's he's only gotten better, uh, but just never reached you know that level. Uh, can he do it in the league? Absolutely. I mean, we've seen we've seen these guys from Notre Dame do this before, um, you, you know, and. Uh, I don't know, but in that order, probably in particular, Eichenberg, Banks, uh, Hainsey, and Kramer. Awesome. Now, Brian, of course, the Steelers could, could really use basically an offense lineman damn near at every position across that uh, five-man <laughs> front. 
Is there one spot you think the Steelers could probably stray away from and potentially push uh, adding players in and push that kind of further down the, the line, be it guard, center, tackle? You know, I'm actually going to say guard right now. And the only reason I'm going to say that is I think David DeCastro still has plenty of time left. He had one bad season and it really wasn't. I mean, it was still a Pro Bowl season. It was not the kind of season that everybody expects out of David DeCastro, but I don't think he's done just yet. But there's a lot of us in Steeler Nation that we see a subpar year, which he was hurt. So I don't even think it was subpar. The guy was hurt a lot of the season. He came in, he played, he played admirably. But then you get a guy like Kevin Dotson on the other side of the ball, and he's a superstar in the making. A lot of people are excited about that. So I would say guard is probably where I'm going to shy away from here. But if you you mentioned uh, a player like Hainsey that could also play guard. So I think the Steelers are probably going to look at, in this situation, the draft, that guard-center combo. And that's worked out for them before because if you remember in 1988, the Steelers drafted a guard in the second round out of Kentucky by the name of Dermani Dawson. The next year in the third round, they got a Golden Domer by the name of Chuck Lanza, if you remember Chuck Lanza. Josh, do you remember Chuck? Yeah. So yeah, they brought, they, vaguely, but yes. <laughs> they, brought, they brought in Chuck to be the future center of the team. But that wasn't working out. They saw the, what they could do with Dermotti Dawson. They moved him over. So it's nice to have that versatility with guard and center. And you mentioned short arms. Well, the Steelers have that situation right now. That's been the knock on B.J. Finney for um, since he went undrafted out of Kansas State. But B.J. is right now, he is going to be the starter until he's displaced at this point. Um, and that is probably, it looks like what the team's trying to do is bring that center in, in maybe the uh, the first four rounds and uh, give him a red shirt year behind Finney. That's what I'm gathering, but really tackle right now is probably a little bit more important. Even though you, you do have some starters in there, they're young and unproven uh, because of Zach Banner. Chooks a core of four, so they're probably looking for the future down the line, especially with not believing that Alejandro Villanueva is coming back. So I think right now tackles probably where they're going to go first. They want to address center, but I think with some of the guys that you mentioned, Hainsey, there's a guy in Georgia, Trey Hill, they could up uh, minors, they could wait until the third or fourth round possibly for their future center. They need to strike quicker on an offensive tackle. Awesome. Thanks, Bad, for that. Now, moving slightly out, to Josh, to that tight end spot. The Steelers are kind of in need of a tight end, too, and I, I think this is another spot they could uh, dive into the Notre Dame well. Tommy Tremble is someone that is renowned for his blocking, and I think a lot of Steelers fans know that name specifically because he can play that role. Can he also be successful at the next level as a pass catcher? I really do think so. And look, before really before this season happened, Tommy Trimble was known as like he was going to be the guy as as more of like an H back, but like throw him in the slot a little bit, split him out, uh, and you do that with this is if people aren't familiar with Tommy Trimble, he's not the blocking tight end that 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 is you're imagining in your head. Uh, this is a guy they used as uh, he basically played fullback most of the season, which. I absolutely adored. 
uh, and he <laughs> he stole all our hearts. And the but the guy's just he was a straight mauler uh, and played every down like it was his last. But he can he does have a little bit of issue with his hands, but he is very extremely athletic, runs really well, um, and I mean I say a little bit of issue with his hands, but there wasn't a whole lot of times. Where you see, I mean, there's a couple of drops I remember distinctly, but other than that, I mean, he, he moves really well, runs good routes. Uh, so he's a guy that's very diverse, uh, but he's not a prototypical blocking t- uh, tight end um, that you would normally think of. Brock Wright, actually, um, who will be in this draft from Notre Dame, is, is more on, along those lines. Gotcha. Now, Brian, of course, with today's news of uh, Eric Ebron uh, restructuring his deal, uh, freeing up a little bit of money. There's also some uh, rumblings from some eagle-eyed uh, Steeler fans that saw uh, Jesse James changing all his uh, social media pictures to him in uh, his Steelers gear again. And that's kind of the telegraph move for the Steelers offseason. <laughs> Do you kind of foresee them going uh, the free agent route with that tight end two spot? Or could someone like Tommy Tremble end up being uh, – being the pick and uh, the guy that the Steelers roll with in that uh, number two slot at tight end. And I think that was you, Michael, that did all the, uh, the photoshopping on that. Because oh, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I, I know you've been that guy. You, you have something for X lions right now, because you're, you're going after, you were going after Gerard Davis. You're, you love those Detroit lions for some reason. Um, <laughs> y- you know what? This, this deal for Ebron, from what Dave Schofield, who's one of our capologists, uh, our, our uh, co-editor of BTSC, one of the things that he looked at was the fact that this might be the trend starting with avoidable years. And that's what he can gather right now is going on with the Ebron contract. And if you go ahead and check out the Stat Geek tomorrow morning on the podcast-only uh, platform on the audio side, he's going to dive more into that. So Ebron is back maybe for one or two years, probably one. I think they're looking to draft that future tight end. Yeah, and uh, I think that's kind of a, one of the ways they go about it as well. But uh, Notre Dame does have a second tight end there in uh, Brock Wright. And I'm curious, Josh, if you think uh, he's someone that could make a similar type of impact or how he could uh, kind of move on to the second level. Well, there's not a. I, I really don't have a whole lot of opinions about Brock Wright. I mean, to be honest with you, they, Notre Dame didn't. He was used mainly as. So we used Tommy Tremble as like that fullback H back role in 2020, and he just like exploded and did great. Brock Wright actually held that role the year prior, um, and he did well. Uh, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't something that you know like stood out as like oh my god, uh, but. I mean, honestly, Brock Brock Wright reminds me a lot of uh, Durham Smythe, who was drafted, you know, late uh, a couple of drafts ago by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, there, there's a lot, a lot of that in there. The kid can play, um, tall kid, really strong. Uh, I know uh, Deion Sanders uh, thought the world of this kid when he was coming out of high school. I mean, really talked him up. Um, just have a some uh, coaching him a little bit, uh, but I mean, he he can be a guy. He's got. You know, there's a lot of potential there. Uh, just at Notre Dame, tight end's a little different kind of a kind of a world. You know, it's tight end you. Um, they really had an, an out-of-this-world freshman come in um, that took a lot of snaps. I mean, and if you watch Michael Mayer play at Notre Dame, you'd realize how special this kid's get, you know, going to end up being. Um, I, I hated the nickname Baby Gronk they gave him, but um, 
it's a ridiculous nickname. Just come up with something else. But, uh, but you know, you start to take some snaps away. So, so a veteran like Wright, um, who you know, some people thought you know he might have trans, he was going to transfer for the season, and some people thought maybe he's going to come back for another year, get some more film under him. Um, but you know, he's going to head to the NFL and see what happens. I think he ends up, you know, catching on somewhere and and, and doing quite well because uh, it's all there for him. It's just it, it never got uh, you know fully used in South Bend. Now to flip over the defensive side really quick, uh, is Jeremiah Owusu uh, Kormora the top uh, Notre Dame prospect of this class? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I look, he is. There's something extremely special about Wu. Uh, and I got to tell you, if he can get to Pittsburgh with the black and yellow and the nickname like Wu, he has got a marketing scheme ready to go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, no, he's, he, he really is something special. And Pete Sampson at The Athletic uh, did a story about him. Uh, you know, because you look, you know, you look at just his numbers, right? Like 215, 220 pounds. And, and you know, he just he looks light of frame. Uh, but then watch him out in the field, and he's just he's straight up killing guys. His, his the power that he put he puts through, and you know, speaking of uh, you know of Notre Dame nerds, you know, someone actually did an actual equation formula that, that shows you what what kind of power uh, that Wu puts through when he you know hits somebody. But he's incredible. I mean his uh, his coverage skills uh, covering inside the slot. I know PFF was you know had him ranked as the highest or or second half, something like that, as far as defending against uh, the pass from, from the slot. He really is that next-generation um, kind of linebacker, uh, and he, he proved it for the last two years in Notre Dame. I mean, 2019, he really struggled right out of the gate. Uh, I remember a, a Labor Day night down in Louisville, um, and we're kind of looking at each other in the press box a little bit. <laughs> Because uh, the linebackers really had themselves a, a, a terrible first half, and then they just kind of go off. And you you seen uh, you, you saw Wu just uh, keep getting better and better throughout the year. And by the end of 2019, you're like, all right, this is an all-American type type uh, linebacker. And then 2020 comes along, and you saw every single game. There was no let off um, what he did, and it, and it covered everything. I mean, what he did against the run, but I mean, especially against the pass. And then in today's NFL, you know, that's more important than your 200, you know, 35, 240 pound linebacker in the middle. Who's, I mean, going extinct anyways. Uh, so yeah, he is the real deal. He is something special and, uh, and he is the future of, uh, you know, of what goes on at linebacker. And with you saying that as well, I'm curious uh, your thoughts. If if there's any worry that you think uh, some team might uh, see his slight frame and think, oh, this guy's more of a strong safety. Does that worry you at all that uh, some stubborn uh, NFL head uh, tries to move him back? I mean, they'd be, that'd be their problem if they did. I think if anyone's trying to line up to do something like that, that's, that's their problem. You know, we, we recruited uh, as a safety. Notre Dame started recruiting, safeties and then uh get him into the way they kind of moved him up into linebacker and you know get you more speed that way they do things a little bit differently now but uh so i mean someone could say that i, I if someone tried to do that they'd just be losing their job in a few years because it's a totally wrong way to go about it um but just watch his tape i mean if you watch his tape and watch what he does it's not like notre dame's um playing max schools you know week in and week out you know you're playing real competition and you watch what he does against other, you know, other big boys, and what he brings. I, I don't think 
I really don't think there should be too many, you know, too many doubts, too many issues about that. It is musical chairs tonight. Brian Anthony Davis falls out. Jeffrey Benedict pops up. Jeffrey, you were late, but how are you doing? How are you doing, man? I am so sorry. That was, uh, <laughs> things were crazy. Things were crazy. And uh, I'm here now. So it's okay. okay. Stuff happens. It, it is what it is. We're having fun talking Notre Dame prospects. Josh, I, I'm going to uh, throw another question at you while we sure. let uh, Jeffrey catch his, uh, his bearings here. Um, now kind of moving forward to those, uh, that defensive line, I know Dalen Hayes and, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher this one. Uh, added to Kunbo Ogan, oh, Deji. It's, uh, it's added to Kumbo, which his mother appreciates everyone. We shorted it, you know, you shorted it down to Ade, but I know his mother appreciates him being called Ade to Kumbo. Okay. And the last name is pronounced Ogan Deji. Ogan Deji. Okay. I'll, if he ends up being a stealer, I'll make sure to get that right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> are, are both those guys more pure defensive ends or could either of them play uh, kind of an edge outside linebacker type role? Uh, well, I mean, in Notre Dame system, um, Dalen Hayes in particular, uh, they changed the name of it a, a few times, you know, whether it be a shark or a viper, it's a drop line. It's a drop end. Um, so a lot of times Notre Dame, would, when they would blitz their, one of their safeties or their corners, uh, you'd send out that that drop end out into coverage. Julian Aquara was one that uh, and, you know, Julian and Dalen, uh, you know, played in a rotation back, you know, back in nineteen. Um, so he's definitely he has played standing up and does play play the or play out there a little bit. Um, I don't think his future is quite there. Uh, <laughs> if you wanted to use him as a linebacker, I think you'd probably be wrong. Um, but he does a pretty, he does a really good job of, he's pretty athletic, so he can do a lot of those things. Um, so if you need him to do it, so if your system involves, you know, a, you know, a little bit more of a hybrid role here and there, he, you know, he's the guy that can definitely get that kind of stuff done. Um, and it does have some experience doing it. Great. And, nope. and Ogadeji, we was used more as a strong side, but really, and we've, we've, We've slid him before over into uh, a D tackle uh, on occasion and need it. He's a really, he's extremely powerful uh, player. Uh, so, you know, sliding him down inside a little bit more was never much of a problem. But from the outside, from the, uh, you know, as a pass rusher was really his main strength. Perfect. Now, Jeffrey, uh, as we're kind of approaching uh, that uh, 30 minute mark here, uh, I'm, I'm curious just to, your kind of top questions that uh, you might want to throw at Josh uh, for these uh, Notre Dame prospects. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tommy Tremble, the tight end? I don't know if you guys have covered him yet. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we, we did. I look, I, I love the kid. Uh, I think there is a lot. I, I think you could, depending upon the offensive system that he, that he gets involved with, there's a lot to do. There's a lot you can go with him. Um because he is athletic, he, his his pass catching skills really weren't put on display. Um, and like I, I was saying earlier, you know, a lot of that had to do with this year having a, a freshman phenom come in that you could use more in that role. And we used him a lot as fullback. Uh, but he's athletic enough to to use pretty much a, a how you see fit at tight end. Um, and you know, he's got good speed. The one thing, you know, one of the things that a weakness of his is he's not as tall as some tight, you know, as some tight ends. You know, he's probably probably an inch or two, you know, but I always kind of laugh at that, you know, like the short arm comment, you know, with linemen. Well, if a guy, a guy can play, a guy can play. 
Uh, you know, so if he, there's an inch short here or there, it, it shouldn't make much of a difference. But I think he's he can be used in a lot of different ways in an offense. Um, and, you know, just depending on what that is. So, you know, if you use him right, he's perfect. If not, if you try to make him something that he's not, which is, um, you know, like a full-time in-line tight end, I, I don't think that would be the correct usage. Well, see, I like him a lot uh, because – I don't know if you're familiar with Matt Canada and his his different teams yeah. he's been on, but he he fits the mold of that H back, yes. you know, in motion, in interior blocking on from from H back like interior passing, doing those little shovel passes, doing a, he seems almost like the perfect fit for yep. that kind of a system. Uh, and with the Steelers not having a second tight end right now, he is a guy that I really like watching his film. I'm just like, oh man. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good. And we, you know, from the college football world, Matt Canada know him pretty well yeah. uh, throughout the years. I mean, what he does, yeah, a system like that for sure. That's that's a that's a good fit for Tommy Tremble. Well, and the guy throwing him the ball a little, I guess, uh, was lining up in front of him more so. But Ian Book is someone that we haven't talked about yet, and I know a lot of Steelers fans are starting to clamor for kind of some quarterback depth, maybe start looking towards the future, and I know his name's kind of getting tossed around a little bit. I think I saw somewhere he ran a 40 time that's off the charts. Is he really kind of transitions to an NFL quarterback, or is he someone that might have to uh, switch it up to even stay in that uh, that caliber of, uh, of a league? You know, I wouldn't count out Ian Book on anything. I, this was a guy who was a three-star commit like in the 800s uh, to Washington State. And then he was he was the absolute like kind of a backup plan, extra guy coming in for Notre Dame. Um, and then all of a sudden finds himself, you know, freshman year on, just kind of moving up. Then all of a sudden he's the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history. Uh, and that nobody that, you know, half the fan base didn't like because he wasn't your prototypical six foot four with a cannon arm. Not all Ian Book did, yeah, I mean, all Ian Book did was win. Uh, there are some definite definite weaknesses with him. Um, and, you know, arm strength is one. You know, how far can he really throw? Uh, but the kid's got moxie. I mean, he really knows – he loves the game. Um, and he, he – just kind of a playmaker out there on the field. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do in the NFL. I think that's one of the funny – or one of the fun things about this is, uh, you know, we're going to see – you know how he could be a guy that's in the league for eight or nine years. Uh, could be a you know journeyman guy. I, I don't ever really. I'm not sure if I ever see him as being like the man for, at somewhere for for five or six years. But he's proven everybody wrong <laughs> throughout. You know, pretty much since he left high school. So why stop now? Uh, but there's a lot to like there. He's a he's a natural born leader. Guys love playing for him. Um, and you know, smart. There there wasn't a whole lot of like you know bad decisions you know, from him. I mean, yeah, quarterback's going to throw a, a crap pick here and there. And if you want to pile everything that he does on like one or two interceptions in his career, so be it. That's your problem. Uh, but I mean, he, he does, uh, he's done a great job. He's one of the greatest that, uh, that Notre Dame's had. And that's, and I'll fight anybody that, that wants to, to say otherwise. I mean, the, all the kid does is win. What else is he supposed to do? Um, but, uh, but he's accurate. He is, uh, you know, plays. You know, he plays that short to mid game, and but he is, I don't say deceptively fast, but I mean he can kick and move. I mean, it was his running ability. In fact, in 2019, I believe he was Notre Dame's second leading rusher. There was game. There's especially in that second half of the season. We had 
kind of a rough time in the rain in Ar- Ann Arbor. Uh, <laughs> sucked really bad. But uh, after that, it just Ian Book basically just took the team on his shoulders and was just willing themselves to win out the rest of that season. Uh, and they were blowing teams out, but they had a rough time against uh, like Virginia Tech. That first game after after a tough loss, rough game, didn't nothing went up. But he just kept going, kept going, kept going. And it was with his feet that he was doing things with. So he's got that in him. Um, you, you want to call that moxie or you know whatever. He has all that stuff. Um, so, again, he's a guy, right fit, right place, right time, uh, that can really give uh, somebody some quality, be a quality player for somebody. Great. Jeffrey, I'll, I'll give you the last question for uh, Josh here while, uh, while we're pressing with time. <laughs> okay. Um, is there anyone that you think has really slipped under the radar that, that you look at a Notre Dame and say, you know what, they maybe they won't be a star in the NFL, but this is going to be someone who is someone you want on your team? Yeah, I, I kind of I mentioned uh, before we started recording just a little bit. It's uh, Nick McLeod, cornerback. Uh, he uh, was a transfer in from Net, from NC State. Played just this one year for Notre Dame. We were was really hoping we get another year out of him. Uh, but he w- was Notre Dame's best corner, and he really had uh, had a really solid season. Does well in coverage. Um, he's more of a he, he is definitely more of a boundary corner uh, than a field corner, um, but does his job well. Uh, and he's a guy that that didn't get one of those virtual invites or or however that's working for the combine, um, which kind of surprised me a little bit because I, I I thought he did a, a heck of a job. Um, so he'd be kind of a kind of the surprise kind of a guy. Um, other than that, I don't I think too, there's too many shockers there. Uh, other than I I think again Aaron Banks probably has I think he has a higher ceiling uh, than anybody else on the offensive line for Notre Dame coming out this year, um, and so. It, he's again a guy you could I mean you could put anyway I think he even did some center uh or we put him at center for maybe like a, a fall or a spring or something to see what we had and I didn't I don't remember hearing anything bad about it uh so yeah I Nick McLeod is a guy I think can and probably should be drafted um you know maybe those late rounds but I think he's a guy that gives you a lot of value at the end of those rounds and then Aaron Banks I just think he's going to go to somebody in the late second or third round and he's going to be a starter for the next, you know, eight, nine years, decade or whatever. Yeah. Looking at his film, he, he reminds me a little bit of Kevin Dotson who the Steelers got yeah. in the fourth round and he's going to be a starter for us for a long time. Yeah. That, yeah and I think, uh, you know, I was saying this, you know, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, these are, these are franchises that that's, <laughs> this is what they do best uh, is, you know, the third, fourth round guys uh, that end up, you know, end up just putting a restaurant in the city when they're done because they've been in the, <laughs> they their entire career there. So, yeah. uh, Awesome. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for your time with us tonight. Uh, is there anything you want to plug on your way out? Uh, sure. Just, uh, you know, we, uh, <laughs> we're having a good time over at onefootdown.com. Uh, and you can always enjoy the OFT podcast. Uh, I, I laugh at these half hour marks that you're, you're talking about when we are, rip it off two and a half hour to three hour uh, epic episodes each week, uh, which is usually because we get way off topic on some things. But uh, if you're a Notre Dame fan or, or just a college football fan, which especially on the podcast, we definitely dive all over the place uh, when it comes to college football. Uh, you can check us out over there. We're all, you know, iTunes, Spotify, the whole deal. Um, other than that, just I'm, I'm excited uh, to see, Pro day here uh, was in, in a week now. 
uh, just to see what kind of numbers these guys put, you know, put out. Um, and just, uh, you know, st- start getting, the, start getting it straight here that I, like Liam Eikenberg is a first round uh, offensive tackle. I'm hoping pro day kind of sets this straight a little bit because it, it has been confusing as all, as all to be about, you know, how he's uh, viewed as a second round guy, as opposed to your, Nord- your, your normal Notre Dame first round uh, offensive tackle. Terrific. Now, uh, I guess uh, Jeffrey and I will uh, trudge on for another 30 minutes to get through some Steelers <laughs> news of the day, uh, some Notre Dame-related uh, news as well. But, uh, Josh, once again, thank you so much for uh, joining us uh, once again from one foot down. Uh, yeah, thanks again. Yep, thank you, guys. Terrific. So if you're listening on the podcast side right now, uh, click over to part two if you're on YouTube and uh, and or on Facebook currently. Uh, just hang tight. Uh, in a couple seconds, we will uh, we will be right back with the second part of our show. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.